Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh. And before I introduce my guests, I just want to let everyone know about my two recent re-releases. I got the rights back to two of my titles, um, The Devlin Witch, which is Four Sexy Paranormal Tales in One Book. That's available at only $3.99. And then my contemporary romance, Gold Coast Wives, about um, a group of women who are on a reality TV show. So those are all available. Um, the titles, uh, I'm sorry, the um, covers and excerpts from all my books are available on my website, BernadetteWalsh.com. So please check them out. Anyway, I'm so pleased to introduce Carly Phillips. Carly is a New York Times and USA Today best-selling author who writes sexy, contemporary, small-town romances. A former lawyer, Carly has over 30 novels to her credit. Her titles include Dare to Touch and Perfect Fit. So welcome, Carly, to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. How are you this evening? I'm great, Bernadette. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here talking to everybody, or talking to yeah, you. Yeah, no, I'm everybody. excited, too. And 30... 30 books. My God, it's more. how do you do it? It's more. 34 now? No, 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 it's over 40. It's over oh, 40. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so how did you, obviously you've been writing for some time. How did you yeah. get into writing romance? Uh, colicky baby, and I was losing my mind. Um, we're going back years and years, but it's the truth. And I found, the I was buying hardcovers, and it was driving my husband crazy because I'm such a fast reader, and it was so expensive. And he sent me to the bookstore, and he said, go find paperbacks. Um, somehow I found the romance section, and then I became addicted because I was always getting what I wanted out of a book. And at some point during those years, I thought, I really want to try this. And once I started, I knew. I was just, no matter what happened, I wasn't going to, I was not going to stop. And so your first book, was it published or was it something you hid in the, the bottom of your closet? Well, I never really hid anything in the bottom of my closet. I tried with everything. But it was seven years, um, ten completed manuscripts, a lot of submissions, a ton of rejections, a lot of revisions, um, resubmitting, um, and, you know, I found RWA very early on, um, Romance Writers of America, which was very, very helpful in, um, you know, getting the craft part of it um, down a lot better um, and learning mm -hmm. the business. And you were a lawyer, and I assume were you um, a liberal arts major in college? Like, did, did any of your studies help you, you think, with your writing career? Well, it's interesting. I was actually a politics major in college. Um, I knew that I was going wanted to go to law school, so there was always that, um, and I was sort of gearing gearing that way. Um, I would say that law school helped me more in the business side of things because even though I had, you know, I'll always send something to a lawyer or have an agent or whatever it is. Um, having the legal the ability to look at a document and not, you know, be thrown by the language is really really helpful. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. intimidated by it. No, no, you're exactly right. I mean, it still needs a professional, t you know, somebody that's up on everything now, but um, at least I know what they're talking about when they talk to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I practiced law for, oh, gosh, now it's been almost 23 years. I'm wow. myself. But I started writing probably about six years ago, and it was one of those things where 
I always wanted to write, but I, I had this idea that I just didn't have time, and it would be something, you know, if I won the lottery or I retired. Oh. And when I hit 40, my husband's like, I'm so tired of hearing you talk about wanting to write. Like, here's a laptop, write. And, oh, wow, and that's I started, nice. Yeah, I just started doing it. But um, my first book, I really had to, because I had been a lawyer for so long at that point, it had kind of, you know, my first probably by first draft, it sounded like legalese. You know what I mean? Oh, like it was thing. very it's very dry. <laughs> and, My, you know, no, I had I just, to really teach, yeah, I had to really teach myself how to, like, talk like a normal person. And it's true. My I joined R.W.A., my local to me. Long Island Romance Writers. Yeah, and they, that really helped me enormously. It really yeah. did. So, um, so, so you, you, what made you keep going? I mean, writing ten novels and and not finding success for a while. Like, what made you say, you know, this is something I can really do? What 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 gave you motivation to keep trying? Because I really, this is going to sound so silly, but unless you've experienced it, you won't understand, but there's different levels of rejection letters. And mm-hmm. so when you, I started getting past the form rejection letters, which was obvious that it was, there was just nothing val, you know, valuable in your manuscript and they didn't want to see anything else. You know, after a while, you start to see we well we like we like this about it. We but it doesn't work for this reason. We'd like to see something else. And looking forward to those, we'd like to see something else. Always kept me going. Mm-hmm. Honestly, mm-hmm. and then you, you know, at the time, I don't know how things work today. It's been so long since I've submitted that way. But you were able to put that you know big red um, requested material on the envelope when you sent it in. Mm-hmm. And so that made such a huge difference because then you felt like, well, at least you weren't in the slush pile hoping to get pulled out and have an editor read it. Um, and th- that that made a really big difference. But, of course, today with indie publishing, you know, there's so many different ways to go about it. Right, right, right. And, you know, in some ways it's that's a good thing and it's a bad thing because obviously by the time you, you hit it, right, you got success, you had gone through writing ten novels. And so you had honed your craft. You'd spent the time honing your craft mm-hmm. instead of just completing one book and, like, uploading it on Amazon. That's right. So, there are, you know, there are pros and cons to that. Now, you write uh, contemporary romances. Do you write in any other genres? I don't. Um, when I was with – I mean, I'm indie now. When I was with Berkeley, um, which is my last publisher, I was doing the small-town romances, um, and they, and they were doing – you know, that worked well for me then – um, but I, you know, I've moved on from that, but I haven't moved on from contemporary. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's a question of write what you love or write what you know, and I always find that historical is just that's not what I love. And though I love reading paranormal, it's I'm not very good at the continuity and world building aspects, so I leave that to the people who are. And mm-hmm. I, I just love contemporary. Well, there's you know what there's um. I have actually been drawn back to contemporary. I did that one paranormal romance. Actually, my books are kind of a blend of women's fiction and, and romance. But and, and sometimes it's kind of hard to know where the line is. Like, what's the difference between contemporary romance and, and women's fiction? You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I know that I, there's... Yeah, I find it obvious, but I think if you're... It can be confusing. Right. Right, right. At least for my books, I've definitely been blending. And even my paranormal, the heart of that book was really about, you know, a family family relationships. There was a lot of romance in it as well. So I kind of have been hopping all over the place. But <laughs> I, I think one of the things that's hard to do with 
contemporary after you've done paranormal is you have to like it paranormal you can use the paranormal elements as a crutch right in some ways and and you know you can't really if you're writing yourself into a corner well you can have something magical happen right temporary, you really can't do that <laughs> you know what i mean you have to work <laughs> in the real world so you do which is why we can write ourselves into corners if we're not careful <laughs> <laughs> now is there any um do you you've obviously written a lot of books but is there any particular theme that you're drawn to in your books I tend to be drawn towards family themes. Um, like my current series, which is the Dare to Love series, I mean, I wanted siblings. I wanted a lot of siblings. And, and the premise behind this is that the father had this family and he was traveling a lot and he really had another family on the side. So there's there's this, I call them the, quote, legitimate family and the, quote, unquote, illegitimate family, even though he ended up marrying that you know, that woman, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, it's family and how something that happens in the past, whether it's, you know, something with their parents or something that, you know, um, affects the character in the present. And so I always sort of build my conflicts based, you know, internal conflicts based on, you know, something that happened to the characters, you know, in, in their past. And so that's usually family dynamic of some sort. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And do you write any series, like are any of your books in series, or do you write primarily standalones or or a mix? Um, well, when you say series, do you mean serials, whereas where they're cliffhangers, or series as in all my books are series? Because they, if you have siblings and everybody gets their own happily ever after in their book, so mm-hmm. the books stand alone in, in that respect. So you could pick up Dare to Touch, say, which is book five, and not be lost at all as far as the other characters, and then go back and pick up book one and learn about that, you know, that brother and his heroine. Right, right, right. Okay, so, yeah, I would think of that as a series. Maybe that's not the official definition. So there's five books in the the Dare to Touch. Dare to, Touch Dare to Love different. series has five books right now, yes. Okay. And Dare okay. to Touch was the most recent. came out okay. on Monday and or so, Tuesday. And it's all linked in this family. Okay. Yes. And where is the family set? Like, is it um, in... The Northeast, they're in, or are they? they're in Miami. Um, the main oh, family okay. is set in Miami, and then there's three spinoffs. There's two, well, two are written, one is coming, and it's the New York Cousins, and those books are, like, exponentially hotter. My books are hot, <laughs> but those are even hotter. <laughs> now, do you think they're they're not in the erotica realm, though? Do you think they're just they hot romance? They tip over a little bit. I'm never going to go that far, because that's not my, re- you know, that's really not my readership, but... At the time, I was the, basically what I was reading was sort of, I don't know, spilling over into what I was writing. So I really wanted to take the opportunity and, you know, stretch a little bit. And I was able to do that by, you know, knowing that I could take these cousins and say, well, these three are hotter. So people weren't really confused. Right, right, right. So your earlier books were, they were not as hot. Do you think that's because that wasn't as popular at that time or... A combination. It- my books were always hot. My first, my first book that was sold was um, called Brazen, and that was a Harlequin Temptation, and it was their Heat line, which at the time was the hottest category romance line so, um, that was on the market. Mm-hmm. And then it spun off into the Harlequin Blaze line, and again, they were the hottest ones on the market. So I've always, I've always had the hotter books. 
but the erotica, the erotic romance is something totally different. Yeah. And yeah, that yeah. was that was I'm sure it was around at the time, but it certainly wasn't as, you know, prominent as it is now today. Right. Right, right. Yeah, it's funny. My first book, uh, Gold Coast Wives, I was, again, I was an uptight lawyer, so it was really hard for me to write anything. And my editor at the time, my my first um, publisher was Lyrical Press. She's like, you know, they have to, this is a romance. They have to touch a little bit. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I forced myself myself to, I think I said the word nipple once or twice. Oh, that's funny. That was really it. But it was like yeah. it was a humorous, yeah, it was a humorous romance. So I kind of got you know away with that. But then I really, I was like, you know, if I'm going to write romance, I have to, you know, I have to make them touch. So I started reading a lot of the, the sexy stuff, like actually some of the filthiest stuff I could find, just to almost desensitize myself. Mm-hmm. And so I started in my paranormal series. I started making it hotter, like each book was hotter and hotter. And then I've got to the point where I have to, like, pull myself back because it's That's kind funny. of addictive. You know, once you can break through, yep. you know, the girl, good girl persona. Um, oh, I get it. it really I get it. But fun. even my serendipity books, the small town books, were getting hotter. Um, you know, it's it's definitely – I don't think anybody's going to pick up Dare to Love. It might be edgier, you know, the series. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to – I don't think they're going to be totally shocked except for the New York books. Yeah, well, and especially, like you said, you've always been a little spicier, so mm-hmm. you're, n- you're not going to be shocking your your um, your fans. Right. Now, you mentioned that you started off traditionally published. Are all of your books now indie published, or are you just uh, releasing, you know, newer books indie? And what made no, you decide to No, all my new books are, are indie published. Um, I'm not writing for um, a New York publisher any, any longer. That mm-hmm. That's as of... I I think um, after I went to the RWA 2013 conference and I was, my contract was up and I just sort of knew it was time. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's been, I released Dare to Love in 2013 and that was like the first book. And then um, I had like one Berkeley left that was already written and that came out in February of 2014 and then everything's been indie since then. And how has that transition gone? You know, because I would think it's very different than working with a publisher, especially a large, you know, New York publisher. Yeah. So it's, what have been the challenges for you? It's hugely different. It's very addicting. I mean, honestly, like the independence of it and the ability to do what you want, when you want, change your prices, change your covers when something's not working. I mean, there's just such freedom in that. But by the same token, it's taking on, like, five more businesses because whereas before maybe you sort of stayed on top of your publisher and you you know when is my cover ready and when is this you know when am I going to see this or when I'm this is every you're doing everything yourself you're hiring somebody to do the covers and somebody to do the promotion and somebody to do the formatting and it's it's a 24-hour a day process mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it really and is I'm always so surprised that some people do their own formatting or do you know do their own oh, cover. I don't know. How. I mean, I'm I'm working a full time job, and that's just not where my talents lie. So I'm not going to take you know I I couldn't do it even if I wanted to. So I definitely outsource the covers, and, right. and I agree with you. I think that the independence because 
you know, when I was with Lyrical, I felt, you know, I wasn't always happy with my covers. And, right, you know, me too. I, I felt yeah. like it just was taking forever to get my books released. It's like you signed a contract and a year later your book gets released. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I, in some ways, wasted a lot of time, although I learned a lot. I mean, I had some great editors there as well. But, well, I yeah, think that's so, like that's what a, you said, you know, originally. If, you know, there's a drawback to in- indie publishing, which is that somebody could take their first manuscript and not have all that learning curve behind them. And, and so it's really the same the same thing, you know. I think working with a publisher gave you that, that background to do what you're doing now. Because mm-hmm. you know, you, you kind of, when you're first coming out, you don't know what you don't know. And so exactly. I do think it's a danger for people to just, you know, if they don't do the background work, you know, to learn how to how a book is put together. And it's hard to do that on your own if you haven't been with a publisher. So, I, you know, in, in some ways, I'm sorry I didn't um, indie publish sooner, but in other ways I think I learned a lot. So Right, I agree. I totally it's, agree. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> and so, so, um, so independence is obviously, uh, you know, a positive. Um have have you have your fans noticed that you've indie published? Like, because in some ways, so many people say readers don't really notice, like the publisher, right? They notice the covers and they notice the author. Has mm-hmm. have you gotten any, um, you know, blowback from in the, from fans or anything well, negative think, in that sense? Yeah, well, they're very happy that the pricing's lower, which of course publishers are doing now too. But at the time that I left, they weren't. Um, mm-hmm. People were paying seven ninety nine for my eBooks and seven ninety nine for my print books, and the publisher wouldn't budge, not even on backlist. Um, no sa- you know, no sales, no nothing. And 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 I really felt for my readers because I mean, every dollar is important. Um, right. So to be able to give people a book at three ninety nine, which is basically what my books are now. Um, and make more money, you know, than I was making before, which is the other, you know, that's the personal angle of it. But, you know, I'm giving people something at a much better price. Um, I'm giving them more books a year, which is also really nice. I was able to cut the word count, which I know maybe might frustrate some people, but I'm a naturally short writer. And so I was mm-hmm. really pushing it, to, you know, to give them these longer, these longer books that the publishers required word count for. So they could charge the seven ninety nine. Um, so how so, you know? I think all that works. Then. I think the book. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. How how long are your books? So they how long are your books now in this in this current series? Sixty thousand. Um, and then the new, like I said, the New York books. Um, those are about fifty, forty, fifty thousand. But the publisher books just you know the contracts say 90,000 basically the books were coming out 70 75 and it was really hard for me to reach that right all right maybe it's the lawyer in you cuz i also have a difficult time writing i like to write short you know i like to write long like or like 50 60 70 to me is i think my longest book is 75 um right. although like the, the devil and witch is four books in one so it's probably much longer but i you know i I don't like to pad, you know what I mean? I, I and I think part of it is when you're when you maybe have that legal background, you write concisely. You're tra- kind of trained that way. And so, you know, I never, you know, overwrite. And so, I agree. and I like to read short things, especially, you know, like you said now that in ebooks, 3.99 for a 60,000 60,000 word book is, you know, I think that's a good price. I think that's a good price point. Um so 
I like yeah. I'm all into short. I like to read short and I like to write short. So right. I think the only feedback, the negative, has been the books. You know, lack of books in the bookstore. Um, they can take an ISBN and they can go to a bookstore and they can and the books can be ordered, but they're not going to walk into a bookstore and find the book on the shelves. And I think that is probably the only frustration for readers. Mm-hmm. And there's not much you can do about that. Now, are your books only available exclusively in Amazon, or are, you, are they available in other e-tailers? No, I'm everywhere. Um, the books are in all e-tailers, um, and they're in print. Um, so you can buy the print on Amazon or um, eventually Barnes & Noble. Dare to Touch is still making its way there because I got a note from a reader today, but it should be there any minute. Mm-hmm. And, and then so they're, audio, they're in audio, too. Yeah, that, that's what I was just about to ask you. So are you doing, now that you have the subsidiary rights and you can exploit them, like what are you doing differently? So you're doing audio books. Did you, um, did you uh, narrate them yourself or did you hire somebody oh, to gosh, do that? Oh, gosh, no. No, no, no. That's again. That's knowing what your what your you know what your ability is. Um, I hired um, a narrator, and mm-hmm. you know the same woman's done the first four books, and she's um, lined up to do Dare to Touch. Um, like I think she started next month or the month after, and it, it's great. I mean, I, I think it's exciting to me. You know, it's it's the, you're looking at it from the long haul. Mm-hmm. You know the books might not they might not sell out right you know as far as like you know earning back because we pay up front on audio, mm-hmm. but they will because they're not going anywhere and the rights are mine. It's so it's it's really nice. Right, right, right. I actually have um, I have three audio books coming out early this year. Um, I think one is coming out next month, and so I'm really excited because um, you used ACX and you did them yourself. Yeah, I did ACX. No, I didn't do them myself. Um, I think, I think again, that would be it. Would take so much time. I did look into it and I did think about it, but I also think I have kind of a regional accent, and I don't know. I think. Well, I, I don't I, hear I, it because we have the same accent, but <laughs> I think you have a great, radio, great radio voice. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. But um, so I, I, you know, and and I was reading like how to do it yourself, and apparently you have to build your own studio. They're like, oh, wow. you should go. With closet, you know, someplace really quiet. I was like, yeah, really? I mean, I can barely get the half hour to do my radio show. I'm not going to spend, like, hours in my closet. So I'm actually really excited because my book, Gold Coast Wives, which is about a reality TV show, the woman who's who's narrating it is Jerry Manthe. And I don't know if you ever watch reality TV, but she was on the original Survivor. So she's really excited to be doing this one. And she has, like, such a great voice. So. Yeah, it's really so. That's going to be out, I think, in a month or two. But um, I'm excited. Don't about you that. love but, it? Like it's you like... said, when you know, when you're with a publisher and you give them all these, you know, subsidiary rights, and then they don't exploit them, you know, it just seems insane to me. So that's why I was so excited when I got my rights back. I was like, you know, I'm going right. to do everything. I'm, I'm actually getting. Um, I went through Babel Cube, and I have one of my books being translated into Spanish, and that's coming out next month as well. So, okay, I mean, you're going to have to shoot me an email when this is over. I need to talk to you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Um, yes, now that you mentioned so, that. Yeah, no, and it's kind of the same, you know, it's you're kind of in partnership with your translator, and you're in partnership, at least I was in partnership for my audio books, you know, if so they'll be incentivized to promote it as well. So, you know, I'm excited. It's mm, a brand new world from you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we can talk a little bit about RWA. Um, sure. 
and how involved you are. You know, even though you're indie published, I assume that you're still involved in RWA. Mm-hmm. There's like a lot of, you know, people who are kind of upset about RWA. They feel kind of disrespected, both. The people who are the traditionally published feel that, you know, RWA is maybe focusing too much on NDs, and then NDs feel like RWA, RWA is too focused on traditionals. So, you know, are, is RWA still an important part of of your, you know, writing world? It, it absolutely is, and, and the reason is this. Um, when I was at that 2013 conference, I didn't know I was at a crossroads. Uh, I had this contract offered to me. The numbers were the same as the contract before. Um, the print run was going down. I wasn't happy with the covers. The publisher was good to me. Don't get me wrong. They, you know, they did what they could, and but it just. And then I started to hear about all these workshops, these indie workshops, and I thought, well, let me check these out. And then I had like a one-on-one with Bella Andre, and you know, all of a sudden I was looking at my career like I had done a 180, not even realizing that that even was in the realm of possibility. And that happened at RWA. And I also don't think I would be published at all in traditional had I not, you know, been with RWA um, when I was doing all that writing and learning and being unpublished. So first, I'm loyal, and I and I appreciate what they've done. But I think they offer for both. Um, I think when the talk is all about indie, you're going to perceive that the workshops are all indie. They have to give a balance. They're not stupid, you know what I mean? Like the publishers sponsor things. It it has to be balanced. Whether whether the dialogue that that we're all doing is about, you know, indie or traditional, that's a whole different story. Mhm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. And and that's really how I feel about it as well. I'm not as active in RWE as I, I would like to be just because I oh, have I'm a not lot active. going on in my life. Yeah. Oh, you have it. Have you? So um, you belong to a local chapter, or I belong because again, it's a, it's a loyalty thing. I haven't been able to go in years. It's just too much more added to my, you know, and my kids were young and whatever, and and I got out of the habit of going. But I go to the you know the conference every year, and um, my friends are on the board, and so a little bit I understand some of the decisions that they're making and why they're making them. Um, I don't know. I, I just think yeah. I get it. And then, you know, I'm also a member of NINC, and, and they're doing a really good job also mm-hmm. with representing mm-hmm. both sides. Yeah. No, I I agree with you. I I, um, I, I don't think, you know, because I hear so many people, oh, maybe I don't want to be part of RWA or I feel disrespected. But, I you know, I think they're making a lot of their decisions. They are, and, and maybe as a lawyer I appreciate them that they're making some of the decisions because they're getting advice from their tax you know, they're tax and lawyers specialists. But, um, you know, I think there is a place for everyone. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, you, you, I think you also have to have confidence in your own decisions, right? You know, right. if you decide to go indie, just own it, right? You don't have to be upset about, you know, th- that that you haven't been published traditionally or that you're not seeking that. And the same no. for people Listen. who are traditionally published, you know, like the fact that people are going indie is not – you know, you just have to respect other people's choices. and, and I, I, listen, I agree. Self, Last you know? year, I did both signings. I did the indie signing and I did the traditional signing. Um, and it, I had I had books from both at the traditional signing because I had one more Berkeley book out. Mm-hmm. Um, did I, I didn't like particularly like the indie signing. I didn't feel it was done as well as the traditional signing, but I think there's a learning curve in anything. You know, I think this mm-hmm. is new to them. I don't think anybody 
expected this quote-unquote indie revolution and, you know, how do we fit it in and how do we make it work and what do we do with it? And, you know, I think patience is something that everybody needs to have with the organization. Right, right, right. And I'm actually looking forward to the conference in July since it's in our backyard. Oh, and how I've nice, right? And I've a workshop. So I'm hoping that they choose my workshop on Blog Talk Radio. Oh, so, very cool. I actually yeah, submitted with, yeah, one on depression in writers. Well, I didn't submit it. A bunch of other writers submitted it, and I said I would, you know, talk with it. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you cut out. What what was the what's the topic? Depression in writers with writers. Oh. Okay. Which is, you know, something we don't discuss a lot, but I think we're all pretty emotional types and some pe- and you know, it's something that hits a lot of people and I don't think anybody really realizes it. Mhm. Mhm. Well, you know, especially people who are doing it like full-time as their career, you know what I mean? Right. Like for me, Writing is an escape from my horrible law, law life. But <laughs> if it's, you know, what you're working on, and you, it, because you're so alone in a lot of ways. And so I could hard. definitely see that. And, and especially also when you're, when you're putting your heart into a book and it gets rejected either by the, the reading public or by the publishers, I mean, that's hard to take, you know. So I could definitely see... Um, See how that's involved. So, how many right? Like, who else is doing that? And is that like a proposal, or you're definitely doing it? It's a proposal. Um, uh-huh. uh, Courtney Milan submitted it. I'm on it. Um, I can't remember who else put their names on it. To be honest. Right, right. That's a great topic. That did you come up with that, or did I else? did not come up with it? But I'm on a loop where the conversation goes around, and you know, and it's not just about rejection. I think that. Creative types are more, I mean, it's documented. I mean, we are more prone to depression or anxiety or emotional, dis, you know, disorders mm-hmm. of some kind. Right. right. I don't know, you know, where the connection is. Really but touch your emotions, right, mm-hmm. to do what we do. So, right. And yeah, I think that's really think, hard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I think that's great. I really, I hope that they pick you. And actually, yeah, we'll Courtney going to be on my show um, next month, so maybe... Oh, very um, cool. Yeah, I don't know when we hear. Yeah, I know. I keep checking the website. Um, because I, I think it's February. Know. I think we get a letter, too, or maybe the person who submitted gets a letter. Right, right, right. Well, good well, luck. We'll I hope to, you get it, too. Uh, yeah, no, I really do. I really hope I get it, um, but we'll see. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll, have to, uh, we'll have to meet up at the, at the conference. Oh, so. definitely. Yeah, I'm hoping, actually, uh, maybe to send out to all my guests, because I've had 65 guests to this point and maybe like so nice yeah so we're running a little bit short on time carly so maybe you could tell people um you know your your recent releases with dare to touch maybe you could talk about um any upcoming releases you have and then where people can find you online okay great um thank you the dare to love series is the series that i'm focusing on and and like i said it's a very hot sexy series the guys are very um alpha, you know, and they go after what they want, and it's really at the heart, it's about how all of these siblings react to this, to their father's, like, this ultimate betrayal, so it's as they grow up, you know, how it affects their views on life and love, and then, of course, getting there happily ever after. Um, Where can you find me on social media? My website is Mm carlyphillips.com. My Facebook, which I'm on Facebook all the time, so you can always find me there whether they choose to show the post or not, 
It's Facebook.com, and I guess it's slash, backslash, Carly Phillips fan page is what mm-hmm. you can type into the search. Um, Twitter.com, and you can find me at Carly Phillips. And I think that's it. Well, Carly, I hope that you like the Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books Facebook fan page and keep I us did. up to date. Uh, yeah, you did. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'll, well, actually, I'll I did my real name, so you might not have <laughs> you might not have realized. <laughs> All right. Well, be sure to send me a link, and I'd love to put something up about Dare to Touch because it sounds like a really great book and a great series. And I will um, do that. Thank really, you. Yeah, this was really great. I'm so glad that you were able to um, to do the interview. And um, it's always nice to talk to a fellow New Yorker and a fellow lawyer. And you're living my fantasy life, right? You left the law behind, and mm-hmm. you're writing all these great books. So I have um, faith. I have faith you'll yeah. be doing it soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope. But anyway, well, okay. thank you again so much. Um, I I have some really great guests coming up. Um, Courtney, as I said, Courtney Milan, who is going to be my guest in February. And I also have Megan March. And you can stay up to date with everything on the show on the Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books Facebook fan page and also on the Blog Talk Radio page. So um, so please check that out because I am hoping to have some really great interviews for 2015. Again, um, my books, The Devil and Witch, um, is available in my sexy new cover, and also Gold Coast Wives. Those um, excerpts from all those books and also my, um, you can see my covers on my website, BernadetteWalsh.com. So thanks so much for joining me. This is Bernadette Walsh from Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.